We are back. We are back. And Alan, feels real good to be back. Daniel, I would argue we're back better than ever, wiser than ever. Wow. And that's a pretty bold statement. Because well, I think we're pretty wise. Yeah, I mean, I would say that too, but you know, who knows? Who knows? And it's still pretty bold. You know why I'm wiser today? Why? We had an unreal interview. Yeah. Should we jump right in now? No. Nah. True question. True question. It, it was good enough for that, but we we, we got to we got to figure out what the current is. Yeah, we got we got to stick to protocol and start with the current. hundred percent. Alan, what's the current? The current is flag football. That is the biggest news in the NFL world these days. Yeah, flag football. Flag football. Maryland intramural flag football. Maryland intramural flag football. It's all over. Everyone's talking about it. And Daniel and Allen's squad. Yeah. We got the dub. We got 33-14, you know, 11 p.m. start time. Night um, owls. Daniel had an interception. I try. You know, it, it's, I would, I would, it's all about, you know, the coach set me up in a really nice position to make a play. Who's the coach? If we don't have a coach. But, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, set He's up so in, unselfish. I, I was set up in a nice position, you know. The ball was a little underthrown. I got beat a little bit, but I, you know, I caught up. You know, that closing in speed. Co- closing speed, yeah. yeah. Closing we had, we had a good game, a few explosive plays. Um, one for my roommate. Shout out to my roommate, Josh. Oh, I hope he's listening. If not, I'll find out. Um, but, yeah, big win. I heard um, the offense for our team has, like, a cool quarterback tight end up threat. Yeah, his name is Alan Sockoff of the Sock and Shaft Pod. Guess what? Guess what my stats were. If I, I guess, have no idea. <laughs> if I if you had to guess. I'd say uh quarterback stats? All of it. I think four catches for like forty flag football yards. Yeah. Um I also say like three carries for like eighteen flag football yards. Mm-hmm. And do you have a completion? Throwing? Yeah. And multiple. Oh, fine. So, four for eight I would say passing. I, I, three for six. Three for six passing. I think a touchdown, if I remember Do you have correctly. a touchdown? Who do you throw it to? I don't I'm, My memory's not great. As three, you guys will six, see in the interview. Three for six, 45 football yards. Um, maybe a touchdown. <laughs> let's just say if you had me in your FanDuel lineup at 5,500, that was a great play. Yeah. Um... That's big part of the current for us here. Another thing going on, Daniel. Uh, the the NBA, NBA is back. back. Well, we didn't plan that even. That's crazy. How do we know? It's it's like NBA is all about chemistry. It's all about yes. It's all about having chemistry. Um, and, and the we, only way you can get the current is through chemistry. That was a science joke. Does it make sense? A, a little bit. Stay in school, kids. Or not? Yeah. Or, yeah. But, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, but for, for most people. For most people. Yeah. Find your passion. Yeah, exactly. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> um, But the NBA is back. We like basketball, um, if you couldn't tell. I'm doing fantasy basketball categories this year with you. Like, yeah. In, in the same league. My team is stacked. And I love it. And, uh, yeah, the Warriors are still good. Um, Rockets did not look great. Yeah, Anthony Davis looked really good. We're going to get to that in a little bit. We just wanted to let you guys know that the NBA is back. Um, watch your highlights if you missed some stuff and uh, catch up and watching games. Talking NBA, Daniel, we are blessed to have in the pod one of the greatest NBA basketball players of all time, mm-hmm. a 
truly legendary interview, just like the legend himself. Fans, hope you enjoy our interview with the Rick Barry. Enjoy. We would now like to welcome to the pod NBA Hall of Famer Rick Barry. Barry is a 12-time All-Star, the MVP of the 1974-75 Finals, where he led the Warriors to an NBA championship. He is also 14th all-time in points per game with 24.8 points per game for his career. And he also led his league in free throw percentage seven times. Um, Interestingly enough, he is also the only player to ever lead the NCAA, ABA, and NBA in scoring for a season. We are honored to have Rick Barry on the pod with us. Welcome. Thank you, guys. So um, just to get started, what most people, at least from our generation, know about you is the distinct way in which you shot free throws, which is um, underhand or what people call granny style. (laughs) Can you just walk us through what led to that, especially considering, you know, we looked at some tape and you had a pretty nice J. So what led to you um, to you developing that underhand jump, underhand free throw? Well, my father was a semi-pro player and coach, and he approached me when I was in, back in high school. I don't remember if it was before my junior or senior year, and said, son, I think that you can have maybe a you know, mid-70s shooter. He said, I think you can shoot better if you tried the underhanded. And back then, that's the way girls shot. And I said, hey, <laughs> dad, I said, come on. I mean, you know, everybody would make fun of me. The girls shoot that way. I mean, that's crazy. And he said, yeah, well, but if you can shoot a higher percentage, you're doing yourself and your team a disservice. Mm-hmm. And he said, and the other thing is, he said, how's anybody going to make fun of you? I always remember this word still like they were yesterday, God rest his soul. Son, they can't make fun of you if you're making them. And I always remember that. And so I said, you know, basically just to get him off my back as he was driving me nuts about it, I said, <laughs> okay, let's go do it. So it was in the summer before I say either my junior or senior year and I said let's go do this and I went did it and I actually you know I mean I gave it a sincere effort and worked at it and I said wow this is actually pretty darn good and so I worked diligently that whole summer made the switch the next year uh, next season and uh, actually you know shot over 80 percent for the first time and just kept getting better and better and actually my last six years in the NBA I shot over 92%. In my last two years, I shot over 94%. So I was a better free throw shooter and kept getting better and better as my career went on. When I make a, I made a slight adjustment to my father's technique. And I wish I said, I wish I had been smart enough to make that adjustment when I was younger because my first year in the league, when I was playing first two years, I mean, I was shooting over 10 free throws a game. And if I had that technique down and I was making 94%, uh, I would have put up a lot more numbers and we would have won a lot more games. Mm -hmm. But I take pride in it. It's the only part of the game you can be selfish and help your team. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you think more big men, especially in today's game, why don't don't you think they go um, and try that approach out? Because... I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what the aversion is to it now. Girls don't shoot that way. Who cares how you shoot them? Again, it's about whether it's going in the basket or not. I, I have no idea right. why they have this uh, this reluctance to want to go ahead and try something that, you know, basically, I mean, my free throw percentage my last six years of that, you know, in the league was, uh, you know, better than anybody in the history of the game. So why in the world would you not want to try it? 
It'd be amazing if we turned on uh, the, the Lakers game tonight and saw LeBron doing it underhanded from the line. Why not? He's he, all, he's well, all, here's the thing. You know about LeBron is that the, the one thing about LeBron, that's been his Achilles heel. Uh, right. He's never been a great shooter. I made a big stink about it after he was in the league a few years, and everybody said, well, you're saying that the coaches didn't do him, but just, I said, absolutely right. I said, how do you let a talent like that have such flaw in his shooting form? And his elbow was way out and doing, if you watch film of LeBron when he first came in the league the first two, three years, and watch his form now, it's changed dramatically. Of course, I never got any credit for it, but he got his elbow in, and, and it's still not where it needs to be, and he's never been an 80% free throw shooter. And LeBron still has the problem. It's still a streaky shot, especially when he shoots threes, even though he had a great year last year shooting. If you watch when he misses, see, here's the thing. When you watch a basketball game, if a player is missing a lot left and right, he does not have great shooting form. Really good shooters, people with terrific shooting form, only miss short and long. Mm-hmm. Got to get the elbow lined up. Well, you got to get the, if the elbow's out, it's impossible to shoot a consistent shot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely impossible. <laughs> I'm proof of that. My elbow's out when I shoot around, and that's why I'm not playing on the Maryland basketball team. Yeah, well, that's why you're streaky, because if, you, if, you, if you're letting it go that day right when you're in line with the basket, you're great. But sometimes you can be a little early, sometimes you're a little late, sometimes right. you start missing exactly. left and right. So just kind of pivoting off that, uh, there's a, bit, a lot of NBA players like Kobe have made uh, a bit of a stink about AAU and the what he what he says the disservice it's doing to the fundamentals of young players games well um, what are your thoughts on that and also how do you compare it to your upbringing and how you learned basketball well kobe's really a little late on this but i'm glad to hear that he's saying something about it i've never been a big fan of aau basketball it wasn't a big thing when i grew up when i was playing uh, i do think that they're shortchanging these kids and not teaching the fundamentals properly um, yeah, I mean, Kobe's another great example. I've always been a big Kobe fan. I mean, Kobe actually had a very a, a reasonably flat shot. So if Kobe had ever got the ball up a little bit more and shot it with more arc, there's no telling how great a shot would have been. But I, I love the fact that he shows up every day to play, but he's absolutely right. Um, I, kudos to him for speaking up about what's going on in the, in the, uh, AAU. Now, it's not everybody, but there's, there's enough of them out there that I think are doing a disservice to the young players, and I think it has to come down to the fundamentals of the game. It's kind of like when I talk, it's like the sky, a skyscraper. You can't build a skyscraper on a small foundation. It's only going to go so high, and then it's going to topple over. The same thing in anything you do in life, whether it's basketball, music, uh, technology. You have to learn the fundamental basics and principles of what it is that you're trying to learn. That's the foundation. The more knowledge you have about it, you're bigger the foundation the bigger foundation, the taller the building, so you can maximize your full potential. There are a lot of players playing in the NBA today that as good as they are, they should be better because they're never going to be as good as they should be because fundamentally they're not sound. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, so I'm a huge Cavs fan, specifically a LeBron fan. One of my biggest criticisms of LeBron was it never seemed like we were playing a strong team-oriented game. Like, just watching the Cavs game last night, they played at such a high pace, such a high tempo. Do you think the Cavs of the past four years truly reached their potential because of the style they played? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I do think they played nicely when I was doing, I was actually writing for the Examiner a few years ago when they were playing the Warriors the first time in the championship and said that after the first game, I said that the Cleveland Cavaliers can never beat the Golden State Warriors playing the way they're playing. It's too much 
one-on-one basketball. Uh, there's not enough passing and, and playing the game the way it should be played. I remember I think I tried one time with something up around 50 or more different times that they had zero or one pass only in their offensive possession. That's pathetic. I mean, you're not going to beat teams that way unless you're having just, you know, guys are having remarkable games. And, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think that they played a style of basketball that was conducive. If I had Le- if LeBron was playing for me and I was coaching LeBron, I would have run LeBron off a double and triple staggered screens and give him the ball on the move because there wouldn't be a human being on the planet Earth that could guard him coming off of a screen and moving and getting the ball on the move. He's too strong. He's too powerful. And... I, I mean, they just made him do something. I think they made him work so hard. He had to work so hard yeah. to do so mm-hmm. many things to score. Yeah. I mean, what, whatever happened to actually running stuff to give your great players an easy basket, an easy opportunity? I, and, and here's the thing. The more that you run off the screens and do some more decisions you make the defense make, and that was always the way I was taught to play, the more decisions you make the defense have to, have to make, the more the likelihood that occasionally they're going to make a mistake. And if you have smart players, you're going to take advantage of it. And I'll give you, since you're a Cleveland fan, one that you'll relate to. And I, I admire Cleveland for the last time they played because Cleveland could have folded the tent. Yeah. You know, after game three and lost in four, they came out with great pride, won game four. They come out and they jump ahead in game five at home against the Warriors. And the Warriors came back on them and got a lead on them, but they didn't quit. They still came back out and in the third quarter made it a game again. But if you remember, there were two plays that took place in the third quarter of that game that epitomized what I'm just talking about. The Warriors were running their offense, so they were running off the screens, doing things, forcing Cleveland to make defensive decisions. Mm-hmm. And the first time, it was between J.R. and LeBron. They didn't communicate. Two guys jumped out to go out to one of the shooters. I don't know if it was Clay or Steph. And they had a guy slipped inside, and they got a dunk. That yeah, happened two times at a period when the game was still relatively close, and it changed the entire complexion of the game. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned the Warriors you know, being a Warriors legend, what was it like watching their ascension over the last few years and seeing this, like, Steph mania going on in Golden State? Well, I was so happy for the fans and for ownership to be able to finally have an opportunity to have a champion again. Uh, the fans have been so loyal for so many years and have been so shortchanged as far as having a team that played well. They came close when they had run TMC and then they screwed that up. Then they went in the toilet again and couldn't even make the playoffs. So I was really excited for the fans to give them something to really be excited and happy about, and and now it's 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 been remarkable. I mean, they should have won four. They should have four in a row. I mean, yeah. I think they got screwed. The officials, you know, the officials swallowed their whistle on the play where Draymond got suspended because LeBron, as much as you love him, LeBron should have been <laughs> called for a flagrant foul for throwing Draymond to the court. If the whistle had blown, Draymond would have responded the way he did. There would have been no suspension. If there's no suspension, there's no way they win. Mm -hmm. And even with that, the Warriors still had the game, and they had really a chance to to win. Playing at home in Game 7, the last four minutes and 20 seconds of Game 7 in that series were maybe the worst offensive basketball in the history of NBA Finals. There was one basket made by Kyrie Irving in three. One of two free throws by LeBron and no points from the Warriors. It was pathetic offensive basketball. The Warriors... Shot themselves in the foot. You're playing at home. You want it, but I would, and I, I think if there's any time at all where you know if Steve had to do it over again, I think he would have probably called the timeout with mm-hmm. five minutes to go. Say, guys, we're at home. We're in a tight game. Let's get some points on the board. Steph, Clay, let's run something. Go to the basket. Get fouled. Let's put some points on the board. No, the last four minutes and twenty seconds of five, they didn't do anything except the breakaway by Iguodala when LeBron saved the game with that mm-hmm. amazing block. If that goes in, the game's over. Mm-hmm. And 
they shot nothing but threes. And they shot nothing but three-point shots. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so bad what they did. They just died with the three-point shot. It was really sad. And so, you know, give Cleveland credit. You know, they did what they needed to do to be able to win. But the Warriors basically, you know, handed it to them on a silver platter because they played terrible basketball in that last four minutes and 20 seconds. Well, why do you think that was? Do you think the moment was just so big that they... No, no, because they did it all year. I mean, they have three great, they have great three-point shooters. I mean, you know, KD wasn't there yet, but the thing is, is they have great shooters and they played that way. But sometimes, you know, if things aren't going, you're in a tight game and you're at home, go to the basket. Mm -hmm. Especially when you got two guys that are freaking like 90% free throw shooters who can drive and get to the basket. Why do you want to rely on a three-point shot to bring you the victory? I mean, it doesn't matter. You had to put some points on the board. And I can assure you, the three-point shot that Kyrie Irving took was an easy shot to take. Why? It was a tie game. game. Yeah. I mean, if, if they were down two or three, that's a harder shot to think, think about taking because if you don't make it and they get the ball and score, you're screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it made it so much easier for the, for the Cavaliers to play without having so much responsibility or expectations on them and having to play from behind to be playing even. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is uh, – you do obviously the NBA has experienced a resurgence in three-point shots – and um, I think you only had like one year with a three point shot, and at that point it was very rarely used. No, I had a couple. I had a couple of years, couple with, years when I was with Houston. Right. They didn't, you know. But I, I was never a great three point shooter. I mean, that's not the way we shot. Hell, if I took a shot like that, my coaches would have put me on the bench. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I got up to being a thirty three percent three three point shooter, which is equivalent to fifty from twos, and that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you're shooting between thirty and thirty three, that's acceptable. You start getting up to thirty five and thirty eight, forty, and over that. I mean, that's that's spectacular shooting, mm-hmm. and that's a tremendous advantage for your team. And that's the thing about the Warriors. The Warriors have three guys who can shoot the ball at forty percent or better for three point range. Mm-hmm. So, do you, do you think overall it's a positive for the NBA, or is it kind of a negative where every team is kind of just running up and down, shooting threes, and there's less of a diversified offensive sets? Well, the teams that win have a more diversified right. team. I mean, the Warriors play the game the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they're throwing up 63 point shots a game. I mean, the thing that get in trouble is when you're, when you're taking them when you shouldn't be taking them. And see, to me, if you're, if you're in transition, you have a three on three up break. I say pull up and shoot the three. You know why? You got probably a better chance of getting a rebound than the other guys do. You know how hard it is to try to screen a guy off the boards if he's running at you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to being set in half court offense? And so you shoot the ball and follow it in and go. If it takes a long bounce, you got just as good a chance of probably getting an offensive rebound as the other team does. And then the same way, you know, penetrate, they shut it, they do it, they're kicking it out. So that's how you, how do you guard the Warriors? Okay, you can't you leave you don't. KD. You, don't. you can't leave Steph and you can't leave Clay. So, I mean, where do you double from? So you're going to double off, you know, you double off of Draymond. And with Draymond, you can get hot sometimes. He can mm-hmm. knock down some threes. But usually if that's the case, Draymond has the ball, right? right? So if Draymond's driving and he's going to the basket and, you know, and, and he beats this guy, who's going to come help then? I mean, if the center does, he's a good passer. He passes off this other center gets a dunk. I mean, it's so difficult to defend them because you have to stay home on those three players. And all three of those guys can shoot the three. They all can drive to the basket. They all can shoot the mid-range shot. And they're great free-throw shooters. Where's the kink in the armor in that? Mm-hmm. How do the Warriors maintain such a unselfish um, sharing environment when there are such big names and, and big-time scorers? 
because they want to win, fortunately. they got guys that really have the right attitude, want to win, understand how the game should be played. And honestly, it's much more fun to play that way. Way more fun. I right. said, yeah. when, he, when he came to the team, I said, KD is going to have so much more fun playing for the Warriors than he's ever had. He's going to get more easy shots than he's ever had. And he's become a better basketball player. When, when, whenever did you see him when he was playing with Seattle or playing in, in Oklahoma City, did you see KD get seven or eight assists a game? Never. Very rarely, yeah. Thank you. Right. And he's helping with his weak side defense. I mean, right. yeah, it's such an unenviable test. And think about how tough it's going to be if Boogie Cousins comes back and he's re- and he's anywhere close to the way he was last yeah. year physically. And, oh and, and he can shoot the three, right. Boogie. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. can post up. He can shoot the three. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the mid-range shot. I mean, come on. It's, cr- it's, it's crazy. It's going to be such a, such a, oh my gosh, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. If these yeah. guys just find their way to play, and if he fits in, which I think he'll do, because he probably wants to win, oh my heavens. I mean, the biggest Achilles heel for the Warriors has been their center position. They haven't had a really outstanding center who could do stuff offensively. Although, right now, the way it's going, if you saw, you see what they did? The three centers that played for the Warriors in the last game against uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah they, combined, they combined for over 20 points right. and, yeah. you know, good rebounds and block shots. I mean, so if they can get those kinds of numbers from those guys, you know, playing a platoon type of system, man, they're going to be really hard to beat even without Boogie. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think is going to happen over the next couple of years? I know um, KD's a free agent after this season, Clay in a couple, um, Draymond too. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with this? Warrior I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, how do I know what those guys are thinking? I mean, <laughs> to me, why in the world would they want to? Why would they want to leave a situation? Money is no factor. They have more money now they could ever spend in, in twenty lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So why would they not want to be about such a great fan base, a great place to live, and have an opportunity to still make multi millions of dollars and keep winning championships? How does that get old? I mean, seriously, why in the world would you want to go and leave to go someplace else? Especially like one player, like if a Clay Thompson went someplace else, so much is going to be expected of him at that other place. Whereas he knows where he fits, he knows how it works with this team. You know, it isn't one guy that they're relying on. Why would you not want to be in a situation like that? It's the ideal situation to be able to play for a team like the Warriors, the way they play with the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. So, could you have ever imagined that, like back in you know the seventies, eighties, even nineties, that NBA players will be getting thirty million dollars a year? <laughs> no. Because I just joke with everyone I talk to people I say here's, here's the deal folks I said when I played they just happened to forget three zeros when I played I'm like <laughs> I played for 15,000 I had to make the team it wasn't a no cut contract so here's the deal if you find somewhere along the road that there is such a thing as a magic genie or whatever it may be and you get a chance to get three wishes but they said you can't wish for money and you want some money the deal is is that you go ahead and say you want Rick Barry to be 30 years old again and I will split my contract with you, and there'll be plenty of money. For you. Yes. <laughs> and and then, but I said, however, I said, you know, you should have got me years ago. But I said, but now, you know, you're gonna have to use the second wish, unfortunately, and you only have one left. So, because if you're gonna do that for me, you have to use the second wish to say that, dear God, you have to make Rick Barry's wife 28 years old again, because he doesn't want to be married to an old woman. <laughs> And and my last wish would be to be a Cleveland Cavalier if we're doing all of this. <laughs> um, ha, what was my question? I lost my train. Of, I remember now. Right, that's supposed oh. to happen to me. I'm the old person. <laughs> Trust me, I got a bad back. I, I 
I bet you you're in better shape than me right now than I am. <laughs> I, listen, I just got back from playing pickleball with my wife. It's great. That's a great game if you've never played it. Yeah. You don't have to beat yourself up like tennis. I used to love tennis, but it's too hard on my body. And But pickleball is, is just a kick. It's really fun. <laughs> you think that'll be nationally televised one day? It is. Oh, on the Ocho, on right? TV already. Huh? <laughs> oh, wow, That's wow. crazy. Um, no, no, Pickleball was on TV. I have a friend that lives here, and a guy that I know, he and his son were playing, and, uh, but the guy was playing in mixed doubles with somebody, and he and his son played in doubles. I think they might have, I think they might have won doubles the how, championship. How does Pickleball work for our um, fans well, it's at just home? Like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like tennis, a small tennis court. And uh, and you're playing with with wooden paddles and mm-hmm. and plastic wiffle ball type things, and it's a great game. There's no overhead stuff. You can't go up to the net to smash. You have a thing called the kitchen. You can't go into the kitchen. Uh, it's really really fun. I mean, it's really a fun game. Well, we'll have to check it out. Yeah, we'll have to start it. We'll I, I know what I'm doing after this 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 interview. Uh, I remembered my question. Thankfully, um, how do you think your game would fit in today's NBA? You're joking with that question, right? I am not joking <laughs> do, at do, do, all. Do you think, like, I've had people come up and say, oh, Rick, you know, you guys, you could play with these guys today. I said, are you out of your mind? Seriously. If you understand what these guys have available to them, if if the guys that I played with back in the days and West and Baylor and all the other great players that I played against, Frazier, Monroe, whatever, if we had available to us the technology and the training and everything else that these guys have, as good as we were, we would be that much better. If I were playing today, I would be stronger, faster, quicker, have jump higher, have more endurance. I mean, they've got strength coaches. They have agility coaches. They have dietitians. They have so many things for them. And they don't have to get on a plane at 12 o'clock at night after playing your third game at four nights to fly oh. all night somewhere. Oh. They get on charter flights. Are you, I mean, it's, they get, you know, catered food on the planes that they do. We used to go out and try to find a place for our $8 per diem that we had per day to try to find something to eat that was even open. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it's unbelievable how much better I would be if I played today. So That's so, a scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a projected stat line. Rick Barry, 2018-2019 season. Well, first of all, if they had the, if they had the, if they had the three-point shot my entire career doing something everything, one of the, when I played one time everything, I might have averaged 40 a game. You know, I would have had more yeah. rebounds. I mean, I, I my, my rookie year, I think I was 25 and 10. And, you know, I, I, I came in and did something that, and I'm, this is what I'm very proud of, this fact. Very few times, go look at the record book. How many rookies have come into the league and made first team all pro? Wow. That, yeah, you, I was 25 and 10. I was 25 and 10 as a rookie. Yeah. 25 yeah. points a game, 10 rebounds a game. And I would have been, I would have even rebounded, you know, better. I would have been bigger, strong. As I said, all the things I just told you about, I would have been that much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been crazy. I mean, I would have, I would have just played better, you know, at a higher level, stronger, all those things there. It would have been fun. What, what and, is. And I wouldn't have had to play. Hey, I'll give you one. Yeah. I played, this is different. They don't do this. I played a game on Thursday night. On the road, Friday night on the road, came back to San Francisco on Saturday to have an all-star banquet on Saturday, played a Sunday afternoon game for the all-star game where I was the MVP, and played a game on the road on Monday. Wow. Wow. That's that's like six straight days or something? Well, no, I had I had, I had two, I had two, three, four games and five nights in four different cities, including the all-star game. Lord. So, 
Um, we, we did some research and we, we found that you were fouled out of not one, but two all-star <laughs> games. So What's that? you fouled out of two all-star games. Yeah, I know. I think that's the record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, think I am almost. I found uh, that in my first one in Cincinnati. I remember that. I, I fouled out of that one in Cincinnati. In fact, I always remember that when I laughed like crazy. The official said to me, he said, he said, he said the offensive foul he called on me. He, I said, what did I do? He said you move. He said you use your left arm to move Walt out of the way. I said, "Hey, I could be on the floor with two arms, and I couldn't move." Walt <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I would put my fifteen million that I'm getting from your 2018 salary on the fact that that's a world record that no one at, at any level I, I, has I, there I, been. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I think Bob Cousy is tied. Hey. Oh, Bob Cousy found out twice. I no, think he did. Yeah. That. Hey, okay. not not bad company. Okay, give, give me the well, time. here's the difference. It yeah, shows you that we actually tried to play defense oh back then, God. not like right. what it is now. It's a joke. I mean, at least yeah. last year was a little better, but the All Star game was has been a joke. It, I mean, a total joke. It's, it, and it's, they, should, they should have asterisks as to any records that they have. Yeah, yeah, because like, they score like fifty five points, but like a guy can score fifty five off just dunks it's and wide open laps. It's, 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 it's a it, joke. And, it, and it's a real shame because we were just talking about how these guys are just the greatest athletes of all time from because of all the such pride in playing that game. And here's one of the reasons why. So I think the winning team got like $3,000 and the losing team got 1000 Well, $3,000 to me is one fifth of my freaking yearly salary. <laughs> so okay, here's another one for you. Okay, so the lowest paid player in the NBA this year, the lowest paid player, Along with his, his minimum salary and what he gets from NBA properties that they get for merchandise that's sold, will make twice as much money than I ever made in the best year that I ever played. The guy who's the lowest paid player in the league. Jeez. Oh and, it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, another interesting thing, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, especially in our generation, but you played in the ABA for four years. What are some things that, you know, some interesting stories you have about that league and, you know, especially as it was on its way out? Oh, I told a couple of things in there. I'm in the process of maybe doing a book, so you have to wait till that comes out, I guess. But it was it was it was crazy the stuff that went on in that league. I mean, just absolutely insane. I mean, you had no crowds and I remember one time somebody had it and there were more people at the scores table and on the benches than there were <laughs> the stands in the game in Houston. Uh, it was it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. The only thing worse than that that I ever experienced is when, when I coached in the minor leagues in the summers after I had retired and I was coaching in the minor leagues to know that you had to do something. I had to go out and run, send one of the assistant coaches out to the store or one of the guys to go and find some tape because the other team didn't supply a trainer, so we had no tape. We had to tape guys, so we had to tape guys. Uh, we had to put some lines on the floor and tape because they had, didn't have the lines on the court the way they should have been. I mean, just some horrendous, amazing things. I mean, just crazy stuff. Yes. So, we'll, we'll get the book. We'll, we'll give you a couple shout-outs for the book on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it'll, 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 you know, hopefully I'm going to start. I don't know when it'll actually get done. I'm, I'm supposed to have a talk next week about see if we're going to move forward with it and do it. But it'll be interesting. I'm sure I'll probably get a lot of people ticked off. But I'm at that stage of my life and all where I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they, used to get, they used to get mad at me. They used to get mad at me for doing the, the right things. I mean, you know, I was vilified <laughs> for being, you know, a no sense of values and leaving the NBA and doing it. I, I mean, I did everything, I think, the right way on it, every contract I had. I just get so sick and tired of people who formed opinions about me who 
never spent five minutes alone with me and yet, you know, call me names and say horrible things to me. And I don't know, I guess you got to be Christian and stuff and never forgive, you know, like Bill Simmons and everything called me a dick in his book. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dumb Bill Simmons. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so anyway, you know, you know, that's um, what it is, but you know what? You, you move on in life. You know, everything in life happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I live with that motto. I really yep. believe it. And I've had a lot of things in my life take place that way. And I accept them and you move on. And I have no sympathy whatsoever for people who sit around feeling sorry for themselves because as bad as you have it, there are just millions, multi-millions of people in this world who have it a lot worse than you. And you need to go, if it's sad, cry, get over it, move on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's great advice. It's pretty good um, advice, yeah. Uh, now, now getting a little bit selfish here, what's some advice you would give to some 20-year-olds in college for either just life advice? Because that was awesome. Just, I mean, for anybody, whatever, whatever you're doing in life, you know, find something you have a passion for. Apply yourself to it in every way possible. Put every effort into it to learn as much about it as you can to form that foundation I talked about that you can build on. Because then you become a person that doesn't work for a living. You don't want to be somebody that gets up in the morning and says, i got to go to work today. I always tell them, I said, look what I was able to do because I applied myself. I got up and I got to go play basketball. That's and amazing. someone paid me to do what I loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I got to do broadcasting, which I love doing. And someone paid me to do what I love. That's not working for a living. That's what you want to accomplish in life. Find something you have a love and passion for so that you don't feel like you're working for a living, that you get to do what you love to do in order to survive and enjoy life. It's amazing. Yeah. Last question. Um, promise we're not try- just trying for hot takes. <laughs> You know, you played in an era pretty saturated with superstars, both on your team and against you. Who is the greatest player you played with or against? Um, maybe for the sake of this conversation, Daniel. He's gonna not, say not not you. No, I. I, 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 I that's definitely you're definitely in the conversation, but just for the sake of this argument, that you played with or against. So we're limiting oh, it to a certain against, era. I played against so many great players. I mean, some of the greatest in the band. So many of the top 50 players of all time. I mean, you know, Wilt and Russell and Kuzi mm-hmm. and Havlicek and Frazier. And, and, you know, I played with Thurman and I played against Willis Reed and I played against Pete Maravich. I played against so many great players. I uh, had the good fortune of being able to do that and play in some all-star games with them. And, you know, played with Bill, you know, played with Bill Walton in an all-star game. Played against so many great players in all-star games. Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. I mean, I just go on and on. I mean, it's right. just a, a litany of some of the greatest players in the history of the game that I had the good fortune of playing against. And, you know, I played with a lot of them, you know, in all-star games. And I only had one, uh, well, I played with three Hall of Fame guys. I played with Moses Malone and Cal Murphy when I was with the Rockets, and I played with uh, Nate Thurman uh, from the Warriors. So I played with three Hall of Fame players. Well, actually four now, because they finally put him in. That's right, Jamal Wilkes. They, you know, Jamal mm-hmm. finally is in there where he deserves to be. And I got to play with Jamal, so I played with four Hall of Fame players and played against... You know, you know, just a, a so that bushel full of, of other guys that were Hall of Fame players and top fifty players. So I was very lucky, very fortunate, um, very appreciative of the life that I've had, and, and you know what God has done for me. And and uh, you know, and now I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting for my youngest son, who I think has a chance to be an NBA quality player. Mm-hmm. Who hasn't gotten the opportunity yet, but it's going to be with the Timberwolves G League mm-hmm. team. Is getting ready to head over there on Sunday. Yeah. Congratulations! Hopefully, he'll yeah. get a chance. Hopefully, awesome. he'll get a chance. He played overseas last year and played exceptionally well. And, yeah. and I was really pleased and proud of him. I told him, I said, "Son, the bottom line of this is that even though you had to live in a crazy place like freaking Finland for a while." And <laughs> 
And over in China, I said, you had a great life experience. I said, but you are a better basketball player today than you were last year at this time. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's the most important thing. You have to keep getting better and working at your game. And he did that. And in China, he averaged 30 a game and and, uh, 58 from twos, 41 from threes, 90 from the free throw line and seven rebounds a game. Not a bad line. And how does he shoot free throws? Yeah, that's the question. Underhanded. Of course. That's the key. I, I I really enjoyed following him at Florida his uh, senior year I think so. Yeah, well, he played well as sixth man of the year there and all, but yeah. I didn't really get into that. But uh, he, uh-huh. he's 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 a lot better than people realize. Yep, definitely. Great. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. This was amazing. Yeah, that's great. Well, keep up the good work. Good luck you. with your broadcasting stuff. Hopefully, it works for you because obviously you have a passion for this. So. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be fortunate enough to be able to continue to do that, and then you guys won't be working for a living. Yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> Best of luck so you with guys are Maryland? Are you in Maryland? Yes, yeah, yeah. we are. Okay, well, my dear friend, you probably know him because he does all the broadcasting stuff, Johnny Holiday. Yeah, of course. Johnny Holiday with the radio broadcasting. Then he did, he's doing all the, a lot of the sports from Maryland, football, basketball, what have you. I mean, he's, he was acting and doing stuff. Johnny and I have known each other since uh, I was a rookie in San Francisco. Wow. He's actually my, my oldest son, Scooter's godfather. Wow. wow. That's really yeah, cool. And then Turgeon, of course, Turgeon, Turgeon, my older son, Scooter, dated Mark Turgeon's sister, Tammy, when they were at the University what? of Kansas together on that championship team. Wow. That <laughs> is true. crazy. Yeah. Right, well, we'll, have to, we'll have to say hi to Johnny and let him know we talked to you. Well, yeah, for sure. I definitely do that. I just talked to him the other day and tell Turgeon I said hello as well. Will do. Will do. Well, Good thank you so you much. Guys. God thank bless you. you and your listeners. I hope everybody has uh, blessed holiday seasons coming up. Thank you. Thank you, you too. You too. Wow. 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 Daniel. That was awesome. That that was incredible. Yeah. We had to take like 20 minutes off. Yeah, it would have been more than that, yeah. We're, we're finally coming down mm-hmm. back we're to reality. Ready to pod. Um, just, I'm going to shoot real quick in 15 seconds, say some of my highlights. I loved when he talked about the importance of having a foundation, strong foundation in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about don't judge a book by its cover. Don't say you know someone unless you know someone. Right. Um, I mean, just his basketball mind, mm-hmm. simply brilliant. Yeah. That's my bit. I'll say my favorite part um, when he said he put up 40 a game, just like give him the three point line, 40 a game. Put him in today's NBA. It's dominant, and I buy it. You know, and one of the more, one of the more I'm talented players of all time. Looking forward to my fifteen million. Dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if Kuzi tied him, I'll take half of that. Right, seven, seven and a half. half. That's fine. Hey, we're smart. Sorry, not complaining. <laughs> not complaining. Not complaining. But yeah, thank you so much, Rick Barry. Can we talk some NBA? I got to. Yeah, with let's you. go right into the NBA. Um, yeah. So let's break down some of the games that we we had first two days. You know, right now we're recording this. Thursday night, third night of NBA games. LeBron's making his debut tonight. We don't know anything about it. When you're listening, you will know what happened. So we're sorry. Maybe. Maybe. You probably will know what happened. Odds are. Unless you're really dedicated. Unless you're really dedicated to this podcast. But most likely. Which you are. We love all our fans. But just time-wise, the likelihood that you will listen before you know what LeBron does, I'd say it's still him. Just to be safe. 100%. Um, so we're just going to talk first two days. Yep. Okay. Great. Let's do it. Okay. Alan, give me a point. Um, Boston Celtics. They're going to be hard to beat. Loaded. It's been, and I think Jason Tatum is the guy now. 
I mean, Kyrie had a bad. Oh, wait. Did you see that one step back three? I don't. I think I may have. I'm not sure which one. I'm doing a very good job describing it. Yeah, step back three. <laughs> was this, the jumper over Embiid was, or the bank? Or no? No, 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 no. Jumper, beginning of the game. I, think. I saw a few. He had a few really nice step backs. He's just so smooth. Smooth. And, you know, he looks like he's starting. He looks like a vet now. Last year, like, he has, like, some rookie moments. I think the playoffs really, like, elevated him to, like, he's like, I can run my own team, basically. He doesn't have to. Kyrie's still the guy. I would argue that, dude, Kyrie is a talent. Yeah, he. I'm not not nothing against Kyrie, but I think like Daniel. Tatum, why why do you hate Kyrie? I don't hate Kyrie. I really don't. Not really nothing against Kyrie. I don't think that Tatum's the guy yet. But I think that put him on his own team. I'm not saying he's gonna go anywhere, but he already has the stuff to be a guy who can put up 25 a game, and lead a team. He has that killer instinct. You can tell already. 100. percent You're gonna see by how smooth it is, how confident he is with the score. Uh, I'm gonna bring up someone else from a different game. Uh, Anthony Davis, I was watching some of that game last night. Just domination on both ends of the court, offensively, defensively. Remember his stats? Uh, he had what, thirty-two, sixteen, and six, and eight assists. Oh my god! Like, kind of, what kind of stat sheet is that? The guy's six eleven, throwing behind the back passes. He, you have you try to double him in the post, he hits up Julius Randle for an easy two. And he can shoot threes. He can take it off the dribble, and he can also post up. You know, and you know, defensively, he's a stud. He had three blocks in the first half. I, I don't know how many. You know, you know what's frustrating for me as an NBA fan? He has some talent around him, but not like talent. Holiday solid, Marodic solid, Randall solid, but the, these aren't. He needs. He needs more. He needs more. I think everyone needs more, but I think Davis can be a guy who can really, you know, who can take. What well, I saw last night was that he's no longer a guy who's going to go out there, put up big numbers, and you know, then like kind of have to carry. I think, I think he carries in a different way where he's going to put up big numbers, but he's going to also be in a way that makes it easier for the rest of it, the, the rest of the team to do well. I mean, Alfred Payton had a triple-double yesterday. Wow. The Pelicans actually looked really good. Like, really balanced. Yeah, they were shooting really well, but, like, they, like, they scored 131 points. That's not going to happen every night. But just You the, don't know that. Yeah. It's I'll put most money on it. I put money on it that they won't. I'll, I'll put money on it that they – that they won't put, maybe they'll put 132 points a night. Wow. Not 131. That's a hot take. Not, we're, not, we're not there yet. But, you know, maybe uh, we're going to, you know, a little Anthony Davis for MVP. Hey. Maybe someone else. Maybe. It's, it's really early in the season, so. We'll see. Um, I can't wait for the Lakers game tonight. Oh, I'm so pumped. I, I, LeBron James. More than LeBron. I think I'm more excited to see Lonzo tonight. Really? I'm, I'm excited to the bar. I can't wait for the first <laughs> LeBron Lavar moment. We know what's gonna happen. Yeah, they're gonna like look at each other. It's, yeah. yeah, you know why LeBron's cool? Cause like, yeah. I, oh, listen to he's this. really good at listen, basketball. LeBron. Okay, stick with me here. I'm, I'm with you. LeBron to Lance Stevenson. LeBron equals LeBron to Lavar Ball. What does that mean, Alan? Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> the way, in my eyes, there was a lot going on in my head. Now I got to get it out. And it'll all make sense. Brand. Don't worry. Work through this. LeBron, Lance Stevenson is a funny dude. Put it one way, right? Agree, yeah. Character. Mm-hmm. LeBron, you just see the way he looks at him like, what's this dude's deal? And yeah, like they're getting along well, but like LeBron's just like, what, like I'm doing me. This guy's a funny dude. Whatever. I'm just going to laugh. But when it's like game time, basketball time, 
it's all good, right? Right. Similar, LeBron's not going to get involved in any of the LeVar Ball, any of the LeVar Ball mania, whatever you want to call it. I'll treat it similar to the way he treats the Lance Stevenson situation. I'm all ball. You can be a character. LeVar is also all ball. That was way too easy. <laughs> wow. LeBron's all basketball. Why doesn't LeVar name Lonzo basket? That would have been so good. <laughs> Wait, what if he names like, Leanne, like Jello base and like base? <laughs> like foot. That took me way <laughs> too long. <laughs> there are so many opportunities there, but I, I don't know. You want Lonzo? You, you, you could have gone basket and you want Lonzo. For, for, for the man that's never lost. He's never lost. I would say you lost with the name Lonzo. That's a hot Colin take. I don't basket. Know. Basketball. Basket. Middle name. No, like second last name is life. <laughs> New concept, he, second he, last if name. If he becomes Ron Artest, that will happen. <laughs> right. We'll have to see for there. So um, anything else? My, my idea made sense, right? A that, little bit. Kind he, of. I'm he, still he's, I'm 80% there. Okay. Basically, that these guys can do whatever the heck they want. LeBron's all ball. Hold your breath, there you go. Maybe I'll have another analogy next time. Uh, I, Take it I'll away. I'll go with that. Um, one more guy I'd like to talk about before we get to a new segment, just for, special for the NBA season. Uh, Devin Booker, 19 points in the last seven minutes of last night's game against the, against the Mavericks. It was a matchup of rookies, which we'll get to. Um, but Devin Booker really took over at 35 points, clutch in, clutch, um, in the fourth quarter. Um, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do. You know, he, he just got back from an injury. So, like, if this is what he looks like when he's a little bit rusty, like, the guy was born to score. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the revamped Suns team, with Ariza, um, you know, point guard Isaiah Kanan, Aiden, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren. I'm just going to keep going. No, I'm done. Yes, Alan. Do you want to go into um, a new segment? I want to add a couple oh. names to that. Um, I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, Bridges, Chandler. Okay. He's adding more players. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, they also have Jamal Crawford now. Right. Eddie right. Okobo, the point guard from France. Okay. Are we going to do? Oh, they uh, drag dragon bender. Right. We probably only have four or five left. Yeah, I think we're we're going to like practice like like summer league rosters now. Yeah. Um. Was oh I have Booker and Aiden on my fantasy basketball team. Very nice. So I'm hoping to watch a lot of Phoenix Suns basketball. Mm-hmm. Said no one ever until now. Uh, Steve Nash. Fine. Barry Stoudemire. Sean we, Marion. I'll say that was before our time. Jason Richardson. Are we going to go now? We got to go through. All Daniel, why don't we talk about no, the Jason closest Richardson, we're getting to college basketball tonight? Yes. Is the new segment, the rookie roundup. And um, by the way. Credit to us for the, being the first people to use the words rookie roundup back to back. No one's ever said we could rookie be, roundup. We, we could be the first for the current, though. Yeah, maybe. Probably not. It sounds way too good. It sounds way too good. Someone's definitely done that. and But but no one's done rookie roundup, so... No way. And then we also can have Ricky roundup, where we just talk about what Ricky Rubio's up to. <laughs> maybe next time. We'll have to see. Maybe next time. Yeah. Um, Mo Bamba. I want some Mo Bamba. I want Mo Bamba too. You he, have him on your fantasy team also. He, yeah, I did, obviously. <laughs> By the way, guys, um, I recommend everyone, if they have an HBO subscription, to check out The Shop, LeBron's new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool insight 
about everything, specifically on social political issues. Uh, Mo Baba was a special guest on last week's episode. Really? And it was amazing. Uh, really cool. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But check it out, guys. And, and we're, HBO is not paying us. You know, if they were, we, we, you know about it because we talk about it a lot because <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. But um, yeah, Mo Bamba. Actually, we, we might be done with the podcast because HBO our, friends, us, like, our friends would be sick of hearing about how HBO is paying us. Maybe, but, but then HBO may stop, might stop paying us. Because so there's no continue. podcast. I think we continue. But about Mo Bamba. Yeah. Mo Bamba. Length on length on length. The dude can block shots. And he had a block where he could cross the lane. He's like, his arm got like 14 feet in the air or something. It was like MJ in Space Jam and swatted it into the seats. Ridiculous. His potential is limitless. You know, I watched another game last night using the free week pass subscription that goes for another week, five uh, days. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, he, he looked a little raw out there. It looked like, it looked like yeah. a little, like, first game jitter. And that's okay. You know, he's a guy who can, like, start at, like, level – like, right now he's, like, say he's at level 5 and he can get to level 50. I don't know what scale we're even on, but that's a lot of the levels. The Richter scale. No, that's, that's an earthquake thing, I think. But he's going to shake things up. Wow. Okay. If you just turned it off, that's okay. <laughs> But it if you did, I'm really happy that you're still listening I'm because it's time to talk about. Why don't we talk about something more fun like Trey Young? Yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, got, yeah, got crushed yeah. by the Knicks last night, but you know, I'm excited because he's gonna have a big opportunity to get a lot of shots up and learn a lot this year. I think I'm a hater. You're a hater. I think I'm a hater. Nothing against the man that he is, but I think you can call me a Trey Young. Hater is a harsh word. Trey Young. Doubter, maybe? Skeptic. 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 Trey Young, skeptic. Yeah. Why? I don't love... uh, I'm a Rick Barry guy. I like strong, fundamental basketball. I actually... Okay. I'll bring the other side. I don't love jacking up threes from 30 feet away. I don't like the flashiness. I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to shoot granny style. Well, the thing with Trey Young is he shoots like 88% from the free throw line normal. So I'm not talking free throw. I'm, ta- I'm talking I'm just saying. Just, just the way he carries himself on the court. Personally, I like that a lot, actually. I okay. think that as long as you're getting what needs to be done, done. Yes, right now, the flashiness is okay. But I think that's going to start be, like, toning, being toned down once he gets more of a, uh, a comfortable footing in the NBA. Right now... It's free reign for him to do whatever he wants. That's why it's so great that he's on a team like the Hawks, where there's no pressure. They're not going to win many games this year. They may win fewer than 20 games. So why isn't Kevin Herter out there? Well, 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 I'm a little upset about that. He's also on my fantasy team. Go Terps. But and he's going to get more minutes also as the season goes along. I think he's maybe also be coming back from something, like a finger injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have just made that up. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I like that Trey Young's have a chance, you know, just play. Just play basketball. He is really skilled, and I think he does have that foundation of fundamentals. If you look at his ball handling abilities, his ability to change direction, to ch- to change pace and in small distances, his ability to find open guys, his vision as a passer, his shooting fundamentals. Yes, he shoots from deep, and yes, he sometimes takes shots that are not good shots. But that's also kind of what makes his game makes him so tough to guard because you have to come out so far to guard him. Kind of like Steph Curry, not on I that knew, level. I knew it was coming. I'm like, don't say. Not, not on that level, obviously. But he is a guy who, for the Hawks this year, 
could make them exciting, make them fun, get people in the seats, and also this will be a good year for him to develop. So I don't think the flashness is a problem. I think that's going to start toning it, being toned down as he gets more comfortable, but I'm not concerned. I think this is going to be a fun year, just working everything out. He may lead the league in turnovers, but that's okay because this is the season for it. Daniel, Luka Doncic. I like Luka Doncic. How old is he? He is 19 years old. He looks like a fully grown man. Oh, well, because he won. In, he was a Euroleague MVP last year in a league of fully grown men, and he dominated. That's crazy. They just unstoppable, like unbelievable talent. He had he had an okay first game, you know, like ten points, almost like six, seven rebounds, four assists, very solid. I think as the year goes along, he's going to start growing into his role and start taking control of the team because he's used to being a leader for grown men. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be able to do that, and I think, you know, it's not going to come right away. The NBA is a better league than the Euro League, but I do think that this guy he's got all the tools. He's able to get to the basket. He's crafty. He's a good shooter. He's a great passer. He can rebound. He can run the break. He's a point guard. He's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Crazy. And so just sky's the limit for him. To round out our rookie roundup, number one pick, DeAndre Aiden. We touched on him. Mm-hmm. Stud. Stud. 18, uh, 10, and 6 last night. First game. Just, like, even, like, that's his first game. He's still working, figuring things out. Imagine where he's going to be end of this year, next year, the year after that. He had a play, he had like a pick and pop play where he's got the ball, jab step, jumper. You know the jumpers that don't really hit the net? Yes. He, that was what he had. You know, he's seven feet tall. You know what I think is going to be huge going against Tyson Chandler every day in practice? Yeah, just learn The wisdom. The wisdom just, that will be... Especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's tough. You're going from... Two years ago, he was, a, he was in high school playing basketball. That's crazy. Now, now, last year he played Arizona. They had their own defensive struggles. He was playing the four, not the five, because of Dusan Ristic. That is the closest we're going to get to college basketball tonight. Who? Dusan, Dusan Ristic. Ristic. Sorry. It's a tough one. Um, and, you know, yeah, Bill Walton's a big fan of, of Deuce, as he calls him. Hmm. Um, that's the closest we're going to get to college basketball. So... Learning from a true five like Chandler, who's been in the league for 15 years, who's been one of the best defensive centers in the league for a long time, he's going to be able to learn the, the positioning and the, this kind of what, how he needs to be the, the rock of that defense in the, for years to come. So that's going to be huge. Also, quick shout-out to Alonzo Trier um, on the Knicks, undrafted rookie from Arizona, also teammate of DeAndre Aiden's last year. He had a crazy dunk yesterday, and it was awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Daniel, yeah. I know I said we were done with the rookies, but have you ever seen Obama smile? Infectious. I, I have seen Contagious. it. Yeah, can, can, you, can I see it right now just so I can have a live reaction? 100%. But this is live. This is raw, everyone. This, see, is like, this is not scripted. You don't really see his teeth. You think he's... <laughs> it's it's I, a great smile. I feel so happy now. Oh, there he is. Oh. Great smile, right? His, his teeth look good. But, hey Mo, if you're listening, we'd really enjoy having you on the pod. That's that's that, yeah. But it, no it, pressure though. If you want a great smile like Mo, you know who you should go to? Who? Doctor Johnny Kleinman at Middleburg Heights Dentistry. Yes. It, it's um more for people in the Cleveland, Ohio area. 
Or not. Or not. If you want to fly in or, or drive in, depending on where you are. I don't think... If you're in Chicago, how far is that? Nine, seven hours. Maybe. Seven hours? Not bad. I don't have the best knowledge of geographical stuff in the Midwest. That's okay. <laughs> if you're in what? If, if you're in Pittsburgh, that's close, right? Two hours. If you're in Pittsburgh, two hours for some really high give me, quality... Give me more industry. Midwest um, states. If you're in Iowa, how far is that? You're asking the wrong guy to say Detroit. If you're in Detroit, how Three far and a half hours. That's not bad. Columbus. If you're in Columbus, Ohio... Two and a half. That's not bad. If you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Akron. If you're in Akron. 45 minutes. If, if you're at the community center. Where Actually, it could be closer. I, I don't know where Middleburg Heights is exactly. Is, is this your dentist? Um, it is not. But if I could go back again and do things. And do things over again? Dr. Johnny K. Would he be your dentist? Oh my, every, every day of the week. Where are you taking your smile? I'm taking my smile, my smile to Middleburg Heights. I, th- I think I think I think we have to make that the new thing. I'm taking me and my smile to Middleburg <laughs> Heights Family Dentistry. In all seriousness, though, please reach out to us or check out their website at psotasmiles.com slash our practice. P-S-O-T-A <laughs> smiles. Did I screw it up? You did P-S-O-T-A-S Miles. <laughs> Guys. guys, guys, I was too, I was taken back by the smiles. There's, yeah, there's beautiful so smiles, smiles on the website. Teeth. Great teeth. Hey, they're, they're your guys. Yeah. Uh, call them at 440-888-767-83. That's 440-888-6783. You just wanted to do the, the radio <laughs> voice? Yeah. That was fun. Playoffs. Playoffs. MLB playoffs. Playoffs time. Alan, what's a home run? Daniel, why didn't you ask me yesterday afternoon? Uh, I mean, right now, I really want to know. We were actually together when I think John Farrell, former Red Sox manager, I think he broke it down perfectly. That the way it should work is if a fan reaches over into the field of play, that's interference, Mm -hmm. right? Yep, definitely. Call it out. Mm -hmm. If the player reaches into the stands and hits a fan and hits a fan that's a home run and, ball, and the ball not, not a ceiling fan I no, mean like no, a person a, a spectator a spectator and yeah. the fan does not reach over and the ball hits a fan that's a, that, I think that should be a home run and I think except the fact that if they weren't there he would have robbed it right I but, just but still, to... right so well, for those who didn't see it we're talking about the Jose Altuve potential home run which was called back because of a fan interference, it technically call. never was a home run. It, it, it was, was an out. It, 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 it was almost robbed by Boston right fielder Mookie Betts. This was in Game Four of the ALCS. Um, go Astros! Because I'm a Yankees fan. Um, and it was called back after a replay review. It was not called back. It was out. Oh, it, they was, called it, it was called out, out and, they, and they confirmed yes. it with a replay review. Yes. My bad. Joe West. Um, Legend. And people have been talking about it, arguing about it. I per, I'm of the opinion that it should not be a home run. I mean, it should be a home run, I'm sorry. It should not have been called a fan interference because the fan did not interfere. You know the, what the, the tough thing for me? He totally could have robbed that. He de- I, he, I think, he, he, I think, he, a, I think he would have caught it, but that's not the rule. I know. The rule is if a fan it's interferes. It's all about interpretation it's all about of the Constitution. It's about the rule, and the rule is that if a fan interferes, not if the fan is doing what fans do, and because imagine if like Mookie Betts was about to catch it and he hit a seat or he hit a rail, and then his glove stopped. It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. 
The fans should be considered part of the seats. How do you think this would be different if this happened in Yankee Stadium? People would be like, the, the right, right field is too sh- it's a joke. It's too short. It's too <laughs> short. Short porch. You know what? Fenway is a joke with the, the green Basketball. monster. Yeah, and like 290 to right. What, what is this? Like David Ortiz has 100 home runs down the right field line, like around that corner. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Don't get me started. Short porch. Yeah, it's, it's normal. It's fine. Okay, next. <laughs> so um, just a recap of what's going on in the series. The Dodgers are up 3-2 to two on the Brewers. Uh, game 6 will be tomorrow night. Um, and the Red Sox are up 3-1. to one. They're playing right now. Let me, let's quickly check what's going on. 2 nothing is my guess. What? No. Who's winning? Uh, game 5, Boston at Houston. J.D. Martinez. We know J.D. Martinez hit a home run. It's one nothing Red Sox in the bottom of the fourth shoot. I mean, impartial. I know, it's a pocket. I'm going to be impartial. No, <laughs> shoot. Um, yeah. So game, game six is tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be in Milwaukee. Hinjin Ryu against Wade Miley. Wade Miley was supposed to start yesterday. They crazy. threw him for five, five pitches and they're like, no, you're going to start next game. Love that was that. their plan all along. I like it. Messing with the game plans. I'm a fan. I think it's cool. People were like, oh, it's messing with the sanctity of baseball. That will be his whole lab. Break the unwritten you know rules. What? If I have a chance to throw, if you know the pitchers, on, it's not going to mess with the pitchers' rhythm, or any pitchers' rhythm, and, and you know, you know, and it, the strategy could work to throw the other team off. Why not? I mean, they ended up losing, but aside from that, why not? So we'll we'll keep um, close tabs on this. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, it's getting hot in here. It is. It's getting a little hot. Yeah. A little too hot. I think well, we got to wrap it up. Wrap it up soon. Yeah. But. But you know, we got to. Why, why is it hot? I don't know. The air conditioning's on. Yeah. It's kind of cold out. Yeah. I, I think... It's because there's something incoming, bro. Yeah. I don't know. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hit us with the hot take. Hot take. Oh, my bad. No, you wanted me to say the hot take. I got you. Not the words. This will take. be a top five NBA draft rookie class of all time. All time. All time. Break it down. Luka Doncic, DeAndre Aiden, Mo Bamba, Dante DiVincenzo. Nice. <laughs> Jalen Brunson, Omari Lon- Spellman. Lonnie Walker. All Villanova guys. Can you name the top 14 picks in the row of the NBA draft? Let's go. Okay. If I can do this, it'll be a top class. If not, it still might be a top class because if you think about it, every year, like it's it, it, a lot of years, like we look at the draft, they're like, None of these rookies are really like, like Malcolm Brogdon a few years ago won rookie of the year. Yeah. No disrespect to Malcolm Brogdon, but that was not good a Good player. Good player. But like, not many guys with superstar potential. Sometimes it, you find out later, like a Giannis, a Giannis or Kawhi in the draft. But this draft, they had so many guys throughout the draft who could develop into stars. And this truly does have the potential to be one of those drafts that we look back on in a few years and are like, whoa, this guy was in that draft and that guy and that guy and that guy. So let's break it down. Number one, DeAndre Aiden to the Phoenix Suns. Number two, Marvin Bagley to the Sacramento Kings. Number three, we had Luka Doncic to the Hawks, but it was traded to the Mavericks, number five. Uh, number four, we had Jaron Jackson to Memphis. Number five, we had Trey Young drafted by the Mavericks, traded to the Hawks. Number six, uh oh. Um, number six, we had Mobamba to the to Magic. Number seven, we had, okay. Uh, number seven, who was the seventh pick? Okay, number number nine was Knox. I can help. Number eight was Sexton. 
to the Cavs. Number seven. Number 10 was Macau Bridges. Number 11 was Shea, Gilders Alexander. Number 12 was Jerome Robinson. Number 13, number 14 was Michael Porter Jr. Number 13 was Miles Bridges. And number seven, who am I forget? Oh, Wendell Carter of the Bulls. Duh. Uh, to the Bulls. Who, who's yeah. 15? 15? Uh, oh, who, was it? who was it? Who was it? What team? Okay, I know DiVincenzo is 17. Oh, what about... Wait. Did we say Bridges yet? Yes, yeah, I both Bridges. Okay. Br- bridges, Bridge-Eye. 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 So, yeah, really good class, actually. Like, Wendell Carter's all, like... That, that's Jackson, not a hot take. Think. No, it's, it's, a, it's still a pretty hot take, because it's real... It's, like, some of them haven't played yet. Yeah, Mo Wagner on the Lakers... LeBron's do sidekicks. Sviatoslav Mikhailuk on the Lakers. Watch out for his three-point shooting. Yeah. Just, Alan, you're, you're, you, got, you got the knowledge of the rookies. Okay, I'm okay. putting you in charge of rookie roundup. Give me another one. Okay. Um, Rodian's Kirks. See, guys, what you got to understand is, is out there in Sacramento, there's not going to be... Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But Sacramento does make sense. He's on Brooklyn, though. Okay. Close. Yeah. Daniel. We hope you enjoyed the pod. Um, we did. If, 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 we, we did. I did. If, if, we, if we got the order wrong, sorry, but, you know, whatever. Um, you'll have to deal with it. And I mean that in the nicest way. But you can let us know. But, you know, we can't go back in, we can't go back in time. We wish we could. That'd be cool. If you know anything about that, let us know. Um, again, thank you to Rick Barry. Shout out to Anchor you know, for making this all possible. Middlebury Heights Dentistry. Of course. You know, 4407... No, no, 888. 440-888-6783. That's 440-888-6783. <laughs> Again, thank you to Rick Barry for coming on, and have a good one. We'll see you guys next week. We are...